0: welcome to the spiritual travels of a firewolf this is christy bellich i'm i'm here i'm chilling in austin today's episode is one of the hardest ones that i've done thus far not while we're in the episode because it was really awesome in episode as i warmed up and got over my damn fear of interviewing but um my friend Dee was here as a support, (laughs) um, because her and I have been starting this sort of long series of messenger texts, um, audio text chains since Christmas time, and we've just reconnected from college, so she is not publicly online, but she is definitely a wealth of knowledge and we will definitely be doing another podcast down the road so enjoy my friend d and i talk about a whole lot of things you know it's interesting when you connect with somebody that you knew back in college when you had like really distinct career trajectory goals And then we were the class that legit graduated the year of the economic recession. And the year we graduated, you know, a lot of us really had to push through. Um, Most of us went into gigs like waitressing right after college um, because there was a freeze on jobs and uh, it was... It was, uh, you know, there was a lot of pressure where we grew up to succeed. So it's been really cool reconnecting with her, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the
1: spiritual travels of a wolf. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm really excited. Are you home yet? I am. This is in the car. The car is the studio today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. You sound a little bit choppy. Is that you or me? Let me test this. Is it coming in? Is the sound in and out? Yeah, a little bit. Let me retract Hold hold Let's do test. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. The better. I had headphones on, so here we go. We'll be doing it like this. How are you feeling today? It's this is your first podcast, right? Uh, for, well, yes. Uh, the
2: first one. Uh, the first one that I'm like. A guest on, yes. <laughs> I was like, I listen to them all the time, but no, I've never been on one. <laughs>
1: Welcome! Welcome to the class Central, and um, I'm going to refer to you as Dee today, which is going to be so good. hard for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's okay. I'm so excited to have you. I. Me too. I feel like... Uh, You know, I I told you this on on Messenger, but this is the one I'm the most nervous about. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, so nervous. (laughs) Oh. Well, I mean, if you don't like
2: it, then, like, you can go into the vault, right? You don't have to publish it or you don't have to post it. Um, So, I mean, like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but, like, there's always that uh,
1: option. I'm definitely putting this up. I'm just nervous because you're my, I think you're my first, can I say what college we went to or no? Oh yeah. I don't care. You're my first McDaniel interview.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Like you're my legit, like, like, so it's the thing is like you and I knew each other, we've known each other for so long and it's like, but yet, this alternate, like, we've, we've like, kind of go, gone out to sea, and now we're coming back to, to shore, and it's like, what's up, girl? You know, it's like, life took its turns, and now I'm really excited to catch up with you again. It's been a really nice time. I think we started talking again around Christmas time.
2: Yeah, I think that's right, Christmas, or, like, right in
1: January, one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. And have you, oh, sorry, have we
2: started? Yeah, we're, this is, this is a podcast. Oh, okay, cool, I just wanted to make sure. All right, I'll stop kissing my cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, leave that in, that's exactly what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> people kissing cats. <laughs> mm-hmm. And ho- car alarms going off, that's what it's all about. Oh, no,
2: I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought, but you're right, yeah, it's been like, like, I want to say like a intermittent communication, and then like we got um, back in touch more regularly, like at the beginning of end of last year, beginning of this year.
1: And I I just want to say it's been it's weird when the thing I love is there's not many people like you don't see them for a long time and then you connect and it's like you've never been gone and. I appreciate that about you because, mm-hmm. like, it, it's – I mean, we've gone through all the things. I feel like our our year of graduation was, I would argue, and I think you would agree, one of the hardest years to graduate college ever, like, ever. hmm Yeah. Um, and we went through it, and I – okay, let's start from the beginning. Okay, so, D, um – you, you're from Maryland originally. Yes. And uh, can I ask about your family, like, where, what was your upbringing like? Um,
2: hmm, I'm trying to, like, how many hours do you have? (laughs) Um, it was, like, I don't want to say somewhat abnormal, but, like, not not super off the wall. Like I wasn't raised on a commune or anything. Um, But I grew up in like rural Maryland and my parents were older. Um, My dad is an immigrant um, and my mom kind of, even though she's not an immigrant has like immigrant mentality because she's first gen. Um, And it was just me. It was like them. I was like a surprise baby and me and um, I lived in a rich town, but my family wasn't rich. So I feel like I, I don't even know if I ever told you this, this part, but maybe, maybe we did vibe on it a little bit. Um, but I feel like I've like, it's taken me a long time to like, not have a chip on my shoulder about rich people because, uh, I've been around them all my life, but I don't belong. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, my parents stayed together and um, like, some I would say somewhat normal childhood aside from like, having like much older parents, like my parents were in their early 40s when I was born. So they were like, significant, you know, I think that that's like not as big of a deal now. But like, back then, it was very like, uh, it was very different.
1: When you were, were you um, sorry, go go have a
2: degree.
1: Is that where you were at, Hartford?
2: In Hartford County, yeah, but not that town. Um, in Bel Oh
1: yeah, all the rich people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I did. Um, I went to Catholic school, not all the way through, but through like a elementary and part of middle school, and then I did public school, the second half of my schooling. Um, and then, you know, the college story. Um, (laughs) so, um, but yeah, so I don't, I mean, I know the town that you grew up in, but I don't know, I wouldn't consider where you grew up rural except for like the horse stuff. So, but I don't know how long, how far you had to travel to do horse things.
1: Oh, five, five to 10 minutes.
2: Oh, okay. So, like, you were close to farms.
1: Yeah, and then Louie, I moved him up to to school, and then I just commuted until I moved him back to to Howard County. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it's 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 just interesting, like how we how we, cause you, I met you, I think through was it E? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if the names. I can, mm-hmm. He's like yeah.
2: Yeah, for the fraternity.
1: Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God, she's so cool. <laughs> like, Aww. I wasn't I'm still <laughs> not, but thank you. <laughs> but you were were you a communications and writing? Was that your major? Um it,
2: close uh English and philosophy, so getting all the jobs.
1: <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I remember that was just, I was, I was, because I remember you were the first person that I knew that got, like, a writing job out of college. Oh, really? Yeah. See? Really? Yeah, you did, like, all that fancy stuff.
2: Well, I'm thinking of someone who was a year ahead of us who got, like, a publishing job in New York. But I don't know if you knew her. Um, but she went for her master's right after Cool. so maybe,
1: maybe you didn't know each other I don't know yeah, um the first person that I was like oh this is actually a possible thing to do mm-hmm. right.
0: um,
1: yeah it's, yeah podcasting for me is tough because I um part of it is kind of like you have to put your guts out and all and then the other part is like I want to protect people (laughs) I want to make sure everybody's okay yeah I do do want to ask you like so let's let's actually back up because I did meet you I know you started school um, sophomore year or junior year
2: yeah junior year I transferred that's right
1: good memory hey
2: Oh, sorry, there's a kitty trying to eat my fingernail. Stop that. (laughs) And you have the baby kitty. I do have a baby kitty. She's the sweetest. She sleeps all day, and then when I'm trying to do something, she's like, oh, hey. (laughs) Have you forgotten about me? No, I never
1: forget about you. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I was, like, thinking about, because I know over we've been talking the last few weeks about the pressures that we had going through college and all the expectations. And the thing that I feel like we really, really vibed on was the fact that, you know, both of us grew up like with such expectations. And I know that college put a lot of expectations on us. I have my own like things with McDaniel, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know, this (laughs) You know, from from our speaker at graduation, just being like, "Hey, give us money," and we're like, "We don't (laughs) even fucking get jobs, you fuck." (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Oh, I have a question for you. I knew you did bio, but did you have like a second? Did you have political science, or did I make that up in my head?
0: I
1: added in poli sci my junior year, and then I finished that but I had some prereqs so I finished it in two years so I did the the bio in the four years and then I added in a second major and did yeah. so I did extra classes every semester which <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> it doesn't matter because I'm a comic now so <laughs> <laughs> but, science
2: and social science yeah but okay <laughs> so you can you understand the how the world works um
1: (laughs) i do miss it though i do occasionally like have you ever just gone up to mcdaniel by yourself just to check it out oh my gosh it's
2: been a long time so i've been up for vagina monologues um but i haven't it's i don't think i've gone up by myself because it's just so I don't know. I'm not like you. I'm not like a road warrior. So if something is like takes more than an hour in the car, I just don't want to do it unless I have a reason to be there. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't have the desire to like get in the car and then just like meander around. But um, I don't know, maybe as we enter the third year of this pandemic, maybe I'll feel like more
1: compelled to do that. I um, you know. It's crazy. It's crazy. When did your work have you start working from home? Uh,
2: right at the beginning, like March 13th. I think that was our first. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were like, take enough stuff home for two weeks. So, yeah. How about you? Oh, wait, were you? Did I you have a day job then? <laughs> oh, no,
1: you I'm were nice. in the desert. <laughs> yeah. I was in LA at the time and then life happened and, and just sent me all the, all the different places. But yeah, it was weird. Like, I can't, I don't know what was, I feel, so I know New York was going through New York stuff, but nobody ever talks about DC. Like what was DC like when everything went down? Mm, The pandemic
2: didn't, well, I shouldn't say the pandemic didn't hit, but like, I remember like my last one or two days in the office someone said there was a case of so I uh I live in DC, I've lived here for like five and a half years and um someone said, Oh, there was a person who went to church at one of the churches in Georgetown and they tested positive for COVID nineteen. And at the time, my my office was on Capitol Hill, and Capitol Hill and Georgetown aren't particularly close to each other, so I was like, eh, I'll be fine. And then we heard that, um, like, the same day, I think, or like within 24 hours, people were, um, politicians and their staff were at CPAC, which I think was in New York which seems really strange, but maybe because Trump was president, it wasn't that strange. So CPAC was in New York. And so people were like, you know, on the Amtrak or whatever, <laughs> bringing, bringing COVID back <laughs> them from New York. And that's like, those were like the first cases that I remember. Um, like not, not personally, but like it wasn't, it wasn't nearly like, I feel like with New York, it was there And people didn't know it was there. And so they were just taking the subway and then it spread and it seemed like everybody got it. At least that's, that's like the impression I got, but I might be wrong in that.
1: I feel like DC gets overlooked all the freaking time yet. Everything's going on there. It's the craziest Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, it wasn't that
2: bad until Omicron. I shouldn't say that, but, like, really it, it wasn't, um, like, we didn't have, like, a huge early saturation of of COVID or, or anything really bad. Like, our hospitals never, I don't think, ever really got close to capacity, which is great. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Um, but I remember that them being like pretty uh it's just I don't know, like it's just weird and I don't know if you've felt like differently as you've like been in different parts of the country or people where people are like not treating the pandemic the same way. Like I haven't been I was thinking about this, like why I'm so stir crazy the furthest from home that i have been since the pandemic started is new jersey so i have not been outside of 200 miles of my house <laughs> in 2 years so i'm like just, you know and that's like partly partly and largely my own fault but um but like i feel like the places that i have been have, have really taken it seriously so i'm lucky um and you know we like we got our vaccines and stuff so even if i get covid it's not that big of a deal because it won't be that bad.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, from for LA, it was extreme um, in a lot of places, but the thing that, and I think New York's going through this too, I haven't been to New York since 2020, since January 2020, mm-hmm. but the crime, and I know we've talked about the crime in D.C., it's just the crime and and experiencing it, like, you know, firsthand a couple of times where I'm like, I've got to make a decision here has skyrocketed and homelessness has skyrocketed in LA so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But the red states were not, and still aren't like, yeah, people wear masks. I wear my mask out of courtesy. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll leave that. Um, it's okay. Seventeen. Um, I will tell you when I'm in a comedy room, it's a different story for me. So I've had to really, I've had to really kind of navigate different ways, and I go about it differently than say if I were working at an NIH, NIH lab again, you know. Um, and I, I I handled it just like a lab worker would when when it first started because I was delivering food and I was delivering people's food like the way that I would have taken care of blood samples. And but I will tell you I was delivering food in like multiple states. Um. So you know. I I don't know the solution. I have my own theories or hypotheses on this whole situation but I know it probably does not align with how DC is feeling about things right now. So
2: I don't know. I mean, things have been, I'm curious to hear more because things have been changing. Like um, I don't, I haven't kept up with what New York is doing. And I know that like LA, like, or I'm thinking about Gavin Newsom. He's a, he's the governor, but um, I can't remember the the mayor of LA, but like, it's they they didn't DC didn't get as much in like the hot seat, but there was like right around the time that Omicron was starting to to ramp up, DC backpedaled on the mask mandates, and then they like decided, oh wait, just kidding, we're not gonna do that. Well, like they DC made the mask mandates optional for inside places, but they said, and I think I think all over the country is like this, like if you're a privately owned business, you can make your own decision or whatever. And so you just have to like look at the door and see what, what it says on the door. And a lot of business will say like you have to wear a mask or whatever. Um, but DC said like, unless you're on like public transit in a government building or in a school, masks are optional and then up to the business owners. But the business owners have been pretty of uh, pro mask wearing. Um but then when what's it called? When Omicron uh was peaking here, they they backpedaled and they said, "Okay, we're going to we're going to do we're going to be more serious about masks again." So, I don't know. Um but like I I don't I mean, if you said that you were when you were delivering food, you were handling it really like, securely, do you feel like if you're in a room that people are going to, um, that people are going to, to like roast you or, or say mean things to you if you wear a mask, or is there peer pressure?
1: No, I just have my own, I'm what I've observed. Ba- basically, like, it's just when you know, you know, my history that I worked in the primate labs and I saw a bunch of stuff. So I have a lot of questions, but I also like emphasize, that's why I moved to a red state to be quite honest, because, you know, if I'm going to be a science experiment, let me just be one. And here, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, but it- it's not the same view as say like, and I respect like, I don't know when you see your if you've seen your family, but when I'm around my parents, you know it's kind of required that I wear a mask when I'm around, and that I did it out of respect because they wanted it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it 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 is what it is, and you got if somebody asks me if I if somebody if I go into a restaurant, and somebody says, you know, put on a mask. I'll put on a mask, and I do. I go on a Target, put on a mask in there, the grocery store. But when it comes to like certain things, um, it it falls to the wall at that point. It's just like, you know, and it it comes from seeing things on the road too, you know, and it's tough. To I'm going to have to really edit this down but like it's tough because I know where we came from and I know where you know politically it, it there's a lot of expectations like where we came from in college DC the pressure of DC I don't know if you felt that during college but I sure felt that pressure to like go work on Capitol Hill for sure Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't say that I
2: felt that, I just, like, didn't, I was, like, in my own little world, I think, Um, but I felt the pressure, like, from my family, because it was just me, and, like, you know, immigrant family, like, this pressure to succeed, but there wasn't, like, there was sort of a disconnect, right, because it wasn't, like, we want you to go into a lucrative field it's like we want you to get an education and then figure it out um so there wasn't anybody pushing me to like um to go in a certain direction really like although I did for a hot minute think that I was going to like Mm -hmm. pursue a PhD in literature and I'm even though that would have been fun, I'm so glad that I didn't do that. <laughs> and I think I credit the pandemic to that. Or I'm sorry, not the pandemic, but 2008
1: financial crisis. Um, that was so scary. Oh, that was so fucking scary because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just I when you because we I think you and I got it because we were both working for like either government contractors or you know government labs basically, yep. and you. We uh, Did your salary get furloughed? No, um,
2: but when there was 2012 sequestration, the firm that I was working for laid a bunch of people off, and I was last in in my department. So it was like last in, first out kind of situation. Um, so I never, like, so in that sense, like, my salary didn't freeze like, and they asked me to keep working, they were, like, we have to, our program budget got cut, so we have to, we have to, like, cut some, some staffing, um, so, like, not in the same, probably not in the same sense that yours did, if that makes sense,
1: um, when you're working at the lab. Yeah, that was some scary shit, because it's, like, we're going to work for free, basically,
2: (laughs) Right. And then the first time it happens, you don't really know if you're going to get back pay or actually, I don't know, because you were a contractor then, right? So you might not have, you might, you might have just had to eat that. I don't know how it worked.
1: We had, what did they do? I think they reduced our hours. And then I think uh, they reduced our pay. So I think she made it up with time. I think my, but, but we did get back pay eventually.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I just remember being like, I just remember like when you're out of college, like, I don't know the pressures of making anything work that year was like, okay, I'm just going to throw something at the wall. And it reminds, I, I feel like it did prepare our generation for COVID. Cause we were like, Oh, we saw this in a different form, you know? But I just like you, you and I are okay. Can I get into some real, real? Sure. Okay. You and I, I feel like, are an anomaly in our graduating class. <laughs> 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 because, like, we didn't get married, we didn't have kids yet, or That's you true. know, whatever we decide. But it's so crazy because I don't go on to Facebook. I do not go on Facebook. But how does it, like, I feel like you're an independent diva. <laughs> <laughs> I really,
0: I do. I'm always like,
1: and, but how does it like that feel for you? Because I know how that feels, but I want to, like, it feels, I, you're like the first person I can talk to about this. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what you're
2: like, Uh, I would assume that like I but I don't know I'm totally I could totally be wrong but I would assume that like your comedic friends are like a lot of them are single but maybe
1: that's an incorrect assumption well Uh, not so much it's like I it's not so much like comedic friends are single it's so much like we like we live that whole graduating class you and I the fucking computer labs until whatever time in the morning <laughs> like we put in the time we put in the hours we had like and then here we like I have seen so many wedding photos where and and people that I'm like I don't know who they are and I realize oh they just have a different last name now like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like
2: yeah I don't know I mean I definitely think things did not go the way that I thought they would go but I'm fine with that and you and I have talked like at length about about this I think um, but I don't I mean I don't necessarily care about well I'm not on like I, I still have a Facebook account but I really only check Facebook like for Messenger and like there's one or two groups that I'm active in and that's it um, so I don't like like random people that I haven't kept up with From like high school or college, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't want to say I'm not comparing myself to them, but like, I don't, and they don't mean it in a bad way, like, I don't care what they're doing, but like, you know, great, good for them if they're doing like something different, then that's fine. But I think maybe that's one good thing about the pandemic is like all the weddings slowed down. I felt like when we were like, a couple years ago, maybe, like, 2016 to 2018, there were a lot of weddings, like, in my circle, I would say, or people I was close with. So, um, but then, after then, it's been pretty, like, quiet on the wedding front. So, um, but it's more, like, people that I'm close with and, like, I'm seeing, and I don't, like, I'm very happy for them, But I see a lot of people that I'm close with, like, they moved out to the suburbs, they, like, bought a home with land, they're, like, some of them have kids, some of them don't, or are, like, still kind of thinking whether they want to have kids, Um, a lot of people got puppies, which sounds great, but it just seems, like, so exhausting, Um, and so I'm, like, you know, here in my, like, one-bedroom apartment, like, oh, okay, like, this is, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? I don't know, like.
1: (laughs) But you just got out of a relationship, too.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true.
1: A long relationship.
2: (laughs) That's very, very true. Actually, so I have a question for you, and this is, like, I'm springing stuff on you, like, (laughs) which is, like, not great, but um, I guess you can edit this out if you want, but, like, so, I would like to know how much you like, okay, I went on a date with someone last week and I was nervous about going on a date with him because of what he does for a living. And before I get into more details, I'm curious as to like, do you think that it's a, and I'm trying to check myself, right? Do you think it's a double standard? I'm talking about like, you know, like, cis, cis straight relationships, because those are the only ones I'm, you know, can speak about um, personally. But, like, I feel like men do not give a shit what women do for a living. And in my experience, um, or I shouldn't say don't give a shit. Like, they, they're they're not at all interested. That's not true. But, like, um, I I could think of, like, maybe one or two professions that, like, a guy might be uncomfortable with. But I feel like for women... It's so important, and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I do know why, but I'm like, is it a stupid reason? Is it a reason that I need to like work on? So, yeah, so I just wanted to know what's your what are your thoughts on occupation and and how that um, relates to like romantic prospects?
1: Well, it's very important.
2: It's if important it, for you to 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 date or potentially be with someone
1: who has a good job. Well, it's, it's not even like a good job; it's the defining factor of their purpose. Mm, mm-hmm. Because I have okay, we're getting into how. So you're saying your family said, you know, just kind of find your way. My family raised me to. Your career is who you are. So like. Mm, mm-hmm. Comedy, like when all, the, <laughs> when all the shit went down, I was like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna go into the car now and figure out how to get on stage because that's literally my breath of life, my lungs." You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't. You know, I don't know if this has changed for you because I know your, I know who your ex is. I've met your ex. Like, I know career-wise. Like, did it when the two of you met? Was their career something that was a huge defining factor at the time? For them or for me? For both of you, it's like a relationship. Like, was that like a, it was like, hey, this person's in this career. It's something like that also grasp like, because you are a communicator and they are as well. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, Kind of,
2: yes. Or I thought that it was really, it's actually funny. And I don't know if you knew this. But that's, like, how we – he and I reconnected because we met because I was taking a graduate class at a university in in Maryland, and he was in the program. And I didn't end up, like, going to that university, but I was like, oh, let me try this program out. And then I ended up getting a job in Jersey, and I left. So he did the program, and he, like, became, like – And, you know, he started working in the field or whatever. And so I had gotten sequestered (laughs) or not sequestered, but like my job, um, you know, I got laid off because of the like money stuff in 2012. And um, and so I reached out to him and was like, hey, like, um, do you know anybody who's looking for writers? (laughs) And he I didn't know, but he was looking for a job at the time and like he will tell you notoriously a bad networker or bad at networking for for professional things and maybe not for personal things but definitely for professional and so he ended up shortly after like he and i started dating he got a new job and like a, a a better job i'm using like air quotes for that so um when i remember like when he was interviewing for the the job that he got when we first got together he was saying like oh you know this could be it for me it could be like like a huge turning point in my career and like I I believed him and I and I think he was right but like I just didn't see work that way because I'd never stayed anywhere more than two years <laughs> like I was just always like jumping around like for a better opportunity or like more money or whatever or just because I got bored or I don't know like I'm making myself sound like I have a really bad work ethic but to, like, tie it into what you're saying about, like, your parents and, like, your job being your purpose, like, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with my dad um, and with my mom, but for different reasons, like, uh, or they've had different tones in their conversation, but their view is, like, get a stable job, eat a lot of shit, and, like, take home the money and save and just do everything for your family, Right. And, like, I don't believe in any of that except for, like, somewhat of the stability. So it's been, like, a really huge, like, sea change to to just, like, acknowledge, like, okay, I understand why that was important for you. But, like, I don't have to eat a lot of shit because I don't have a mouth to feed aside from my own. Um, And they, like, get incredibly frustrated with me when I'm like, oh, yeah, they were treating me badly. So I told them to go fuck themselves. (laughs) Like, you know, and my parents are like, I think now they, like, have just come to expect it. But, like... Uh, the job that I walked out on <laughs> last year, um, I was there for three and a half years and my dad was like, I can't believe like you were there for so long. I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, why they're abusing me? <laughs> like, I'm like, just cause they give me the week between Christmas and new year's off doesn't mean that it's like a good day. Um, but anyway, I've just said a whole mouthful of stuff. So I'm curious as to your reaction or, um, and the original thing we were talking about is like, does how much does a person identify with their career? I think it depends. And hey
1: girl, say all the things. You're a Sagittarius. you supposed to say you're, this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> oh really? I don't yeah. know all those. Okay. You're supposed to express and let that fire like roar at well not roar I guess like gallop <laughs> because you're <they're> a horse. <laughs> oh
2: yes 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 okay.
1: But yeah, you know I know society's changing. Uh, but like the dude I, I, I like is this a specific dude that we were talking about before? No, no, it's a different one. He doesn't even have a book name yet. Um we were not talking about him before. Um was I it, feel like six player. <laughs>
2: Cocksmith. Oh Fox my God. No, I feel like yeah, I feel like they don't get nicknames until like they've been <laughs> around for a while. But no, this guy I just had one date with like, and we'll go out again. He's actually he's really great. But like, no, Cocksmith has been smithing somewhere else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's been <in> my...
2: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> He's been honing his craft around town, I suppose. Um, Boys. Boys
1: boys be boys, you know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, So, actually, this is terrible, but I have to pee. So, can I put you on hold for, like, 90 seconds?
1: I will just call you back. Actually, yeah, put me on mute. (laughs) I'm
2: so sorry. Okay, I'm going to put the phone down, and then we'll... I'm so so sorry. <laughs> I was like, I have to drink all this water so I don't end up
1: coughing on the call.
2: And then, um, yeah. So all right, let me put you on mute and then I'll come right back.
1: Hello everybody. This is the spiritual trials of a Firewolf. My friend Dee is going pee because she's super cool and drank a lot of water before. So we're here. You know, I was nervous to do this podcast because we come from a place where there's a lot of expectations for our group, our graduating class 2008 to be the best we can be. And I know every graduating class gets that trip, But I feel like from high school through college we fucking got it in the D.C. area. We got The D.C. Sniper, or our school, wait, what order did it go in? We had 9-11, but there was shit that happened before 9-11. D.C. Sniper, which put our schools on lockdown. I think we were in multiple lockdowns for that, and then there were other lockdowns we were put in for various shootings. Um, So we were, like, I feel like 1980s, mid-1980s, we were, like, a prototype. Then we go into college and we had Hurricane Katrina. We had uh, a financial crisis a couple months right before we graduated. So we were graduating into a frozen federal government. And I'm trying to think of what else happened during college. I remember Hurricane Katrina was sophomore year of college. Something happened junior year um, and then the Oh, we had the election with Obama, and we had the war. Fuck, we had war the whole time. We had war the entire time we were in high school and in college. Um, i back.
2: That is a, a great a great note to come back on. Yes, um, I would,
1: <laughs> We we really went through a lot of shit when we were in
2: school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean. I mean the war stuff is like was what with one or both of your parents in, in the army?
1: My dad was in the army, my mom worked in military hospitals like in uh through pretty much throughout most of my life until she retired from patients. So she went into like other stuff with with on the phone stuff with patients, but not in the hospital. Oh, okay.
2: Okay, got it. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know if your dad, like, served in a war. I guess based on their ages, he probably did, right? You you to I'm,
1: huh? I'm about to spill some tea, and I will only spill with you. <laughs> so, huge reason why I'm anti-V, this particular V, no other ones, is because he was not allowed to go to the Gulf War because of a bad reaction to, they had, I don't know if it. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say but basically like for the he did 20 years of service Uh which is probably why that's the only reason I could have gone to that college is because he did an extra 10 years of army oh wow okay um and because of scholarships but yeah he had a bad reaction to something so and it was acknowledged like it was um fully acknowledged that so because of that I'm, like, very, very, very cautious. Um, and I know he would beat my ass. For, he would, like, not beat my ass, but he would be, like, don't talk about this, but whatever. Like, oh. is he going to listen? No. Or I don't know if he's a silent listener because occasionally he'll bring up things to me, but <laughs> they they don't... A Yeah, but, um, yeah, I, I will fight till the end of I will fight for that person, so, yeah. But, boys.
2: <laughs> yes, but boys. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know where we were at. Oh, I wanted your, like, your reaction to my, just, like, word vomit about career stuff and, um, like, my prior relationship where we were, Initially doing similar work, and then after I went to grad school, doing slightly different work, but, um, but both high-powered DC professionals.
1: <laughs> it ha- and this is part of the reason why I've been so nervous to do this podcast is because it's changed over the years. I, you know, I don't know because DC has that pressure of being like extremely professional, and mm. And educated. I mean, that's the other part of DC is, like, if you don't have a master's or a PhD, then who are you? You know what Mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, like, if you don't have letters behind your name or some sort of, like, senate position, like. Right, right, right. But somebody pursuing their passion and figuring it out, like, I don't, I'm in a position where I don't feel worthy right now, if that makes sense. So like I'm not dating until I can get myself at a level where professionally where I feel worthy, you know. Mm. Okay. But yeah, a guy's career if he's following his thing, and I'm following mine. Absolutely. I don't want I don't want no scrub. <laughs> but I can't be a scrub either, you know. Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't think you're a scrub and I'm sorry to hear that you feel like you're not worthy. Like I, I can't even imagine, like, it seems like it's such a grind, you know, like I get paid every two weeks, whether I do like a medium job or an excellent job. And sometimes that can be a little bit demotivating. (laughs) Um, but like you, you could be excellent, but you could be not making much money because of any number of things like luck or your gender or where you're, you know what I mean? Like things, there's so many things that don't really have anything to do with you. Um, Or like, you know, someone could come to your show tonight and see you. And I mean, I'm just talking about out of my ass. I don't truly know, but someone could come to your show tonight and see you and quote unquote discover you. And then all of a sudden you could be famous. Like, for you know like you could go viral right or like (laughs) um, so it's like it just seems like kind of random and and like not um, like there isn't a direct correlation with like how hard you work or how talented you are and like how whatever the measure of success is like I'm not sure what your what your goal is but um, what your like you know, concrete goals are, but um, I would assume it, it might have something to do with, like, getting, getting rid of the day job, which I totally understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, is this, it's, do you, like, start your year out with a goal list
2: at all? Oh, my gosh, this is something that I've, like, really struggled with, and I think I've talked to you about it a little bit, but I've, like, been pretty close hold about it with other friends and definitely with like family because I don't want to fail, but like I have just found myself like a little bit directionless and this year I did set some goals and I'm like working toward them and I have like, you know, like an accountability coach and somebody who's kind of trying to get me on track and stuff. And like, this is the point, this is the exact point in the year where I start to like fall off the wagon with the goals and it's really hard for me because I like, you know, I mean, I guess I'm only human, right? So I don't, I I start to like get frustrated when things aren't, aren't moving in the direction that I want them to or moving as quickly as I want them to. And I'll like throw in the towel or I'll, I'll start to half ass it. So now I'm trying some new techniques and, and a lot of them are just like, like kind of like cognitive behavioral stuff um, to to like make sure that I can like write the course and and like achieve my goals this year because I am guilty of like not like either setting the goal and then like thinking that if I just write down I want to do the thing but not break down the thing and figure out what the steps are that I can just like will it into existence. (laughs) Um, so, so yes. So like normally no, or, or I'll write down the goal and then I won't do any like follow through. But this year I'm trying to like approach things a little bit differently and see how, um, things like sitting with like setbacks and, um, just trying to work through like moments of, or, or like we, you know, uh, like I've had two weeks off, like two weeks of, not off of my job, but like off of like progress towards um, two goals that I set for myself. And it's like, just like trying to figure out, okay, like you lost two weeks, but like, how do you get back to doing it? Or how do you like put your one foot in front of the other? Um, I feel like I've said a lot of cliches, but uh, to answer your question, not, uh, not usually, but this year I'm trying to like with some help work on that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it's really hard. Like, um, I hope it ends up being worthwhile because it's been,
1: it's been tough. Now are these personal goals? Are they professional or are they kind of like a mixture? No, they're there are two
2: personal goals. Like I, I don't know, like things with work or like professional life, I'm kind of like content where I'm at, if that makes sense. Or I'm not as focused on professional stuff because the, the fall of last year, I was like, you know, I wasn't working for like two months and I was looking for a job and I found a pretty good job. So my, my professional goal is to just like get better at my job. <laughs> and and not get fired so um which you know is I guess is okay maybe I need to like think a little bit more about that um
1: but but yeah they are personal goals yeah it's always I mean I I feel you because it's like a daily thing (laughs) it's it's tough and when you Start beating yourself up if you don't get to like. That's the part about perfectionism though, where it's like, did you write something to beat your? Sometimes I'll be like, did I just personally punish myself? Did I set myself up to punish myself? (laughs) Like those kinds of things. But then you, you know, for comedy, for example, you know, comedy goals, financial goals. You know, I'm sitting in a car now, so one of those checklist goals. But I, you know. And also, like, you've got a this... new car. We didn't talk about your new car. Did you talk about it on a recent episode that I missed? I'm so scared to talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. Still, we I'm like, scared. I want to, like, put a bubble of love around the car. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, the, 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 the thing that I think, and maybe this applies, but let me know if it doesn't, is it hard for you to ask for help? Um, it
2: depends. Like, I will ask for advice because I just, like, I think I'm an external processor when it comes to things. But I don't often ask for help, um,
1: if that makes sense. Yeah, it It's something that I have had to struggle with over the last seven years. And I just learned last year that it's, like, even if it's awkward and even if, like, sometimes, like, when it comes to a goal, asking for help is almost, like, the tool. Mm -hmm. It's even sometimes, like, a ritual. Because it'll be, like. Like for dating for example. I'm terrible at dating. I'm so bad at it. I don't have I don't have the patience for it. You know? Like I just I don't have the I just want God to like bring me a human, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh my here, gosh. Here you go. Here's your human, right? Yeah. That would be fantastic. <laughs> just to be like, Oh, it's you. Like, just to walk down the street and be like, here you are, and just to know. But I know that, that that's a huge goal of mine where I don't fucking know what to do. So, like, it, it, it asking for help in that, I'm like, it's been tough. Well, so what kind? Of, what would asking for help look like? Well, one is, you know, just getting myself... Able, okay, this is so, mm, you know, we don't have to talk about it if we don't want, it's just embarrassing shit, right, so, it's not embarrassing, like, it, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, I know you're in the same, like, in the same boat with, like, dating and every, everything that comes to love, but it's just, you know it's a it's a process to learn um, mm-hmm. And I don't know it was easier in college, I feel for <laughs> like
2: I felt like I was at peak awkwardness, well, I shouldn't say that, but like pretty close in college, and yet I still have like great friends, and you know I did have a boyfriend in college that was fun um but like. I guess it was like I never really like hooked up with anybody at college so I don't know but um but it I think it is easier like if you're just around a lot of people um oh sorry uh I think it's you're right like it's easier if you're around a lot of people um, who are the same age and, like, everybody's, I don't know, like, your main purpose is school, right? So, you're, like, in theory, like, people have time to to date, maybe, or, like, dating isn't really, like, it's just different. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know really what I'm trying to say, but, like, it's a, the season of life is different and... It's not uh, like I think most people, you know, with with some some small exceptions, it's not time to eat yet, Kitty. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, with some small exceptions, it's like people like want to, or I mean, people aren't gonna like be looking for the person they want to marry in in college. At least that that wasn't my experience. Um, so it's like, you can kind of like make some mistakes or whatever. And like, it's not the end of the world, but (sighs) I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just like kind of meandering about, but like, I haven't, so like some of my friends have had like horror stories. Um, you're going to say horror stories. I'm like, no, no. no. horror stories. Yeah. I'm the one with the horror stories, (laughs) but (laughs) the horror stories, like, um, with dating, but, like, I'm just, I just kind of, I think I'm better at, like, weeding people out. Like, if, if you're talking about, like, dating someone that you meet online, right? It's, like, easier to weed people out if you just, like, try to have a conversation with them and you realize, like, oh, this person is, like, like, cannot put a sentence together. So, like, I'm not going to have a good time trying to, like, fill an hour of coffee with them. Um, but, like, some of my friends are, like, surprised when they meet somebody who's like I don't know like not <laughs> not gonna be a good fit and I'm like what kind of like pre-screening <laughs> are you doing <laughs> um but you know maybe it's maybe I'm just like overly cautious I guess or or like I give people like if I meet somebody and they're not totally horrible I give them a lot of benefit of the doubt get down get down kitty um so so yeah I don't know like I don't know what kind of like, I don't know where the, if, if you're like, if you want to meet somebody organically or if you're like, oh, I like, I'm only attracting like this kind of person on an app and I'm looking for this other kind of person, then it's just really like, I I think that there's like a wide variety of issues that, that people can have and they're all like very valid.
1: Um, Yeah. It's, you know was it just getting to the fate or, or <laughs> was it luck and superstition yeah yeah i i've met i have not met anybody online have you met anybody online that's been like a successful partner
2: um well i mean i guess it depends on on how you define success but like uh the coxmith guy i met him online um mm-hmm. And, like, there are other – a couple of – like, I've, like, been in, like, couple-month-long situationships with people that I've met online and, like, had a great time with them. Um, There was, like, the Army guy who was, like, covered in tattoos. He was great. And a cocksmith guy. And one guy who was, like I, – I didn't meet him online, but he was, like, a friend of friends. Um. He was, yeah. So, like, so I guess, yes. But like, I'm still, still on the app, still looking. Like, very much, not dating anybody exclusively. Um, and and I think that like more likely than not, like, unless I like get rich and hire a matchmaker or something, like, I feel like the person who I'm gonna, if I end up with somebody. And if I don't, then that's fine. But if I end up with somebody, it's good. It's most likely going to be somebody to meet online because we live in a very, like, remote environment. And a lot of the things I like to do are either, like, solo hobbies or, like, tend to be more, like, female-driven. Like, I'm not going to meet a man at, like, a sewing class. Um, <laughs> so, or, like... I i don't think I'm going to meet a man taking my cat to the vet, which is another <laughs> hobby of mine.
1: <laughs> it truly uh, is a hobby now. <laughs>
2: yes. Um, so I did meet a nice neighbor the other day when we had a fire drill, but he. I think he was still in his 20s, so that's probably that's probably a no-go. Um,
1: I don't know. I but... feel like younger guys are, are kind of, I don't know, more uh, in touch with their feelings
2: yeah yeah I mean, I agree like well that was that was the logic behind the cocksmith guy, but he um you know he didn't want anything serious, so
1: um he still wanted to to fuck around a bunch, which is okay so what is, can I ask, getting back to what can you share what the dude's job is that oh yes, 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 of course,
2: okay, so the person who I met last week. Who I really like, or I shouldn't say really like. I like enough to go out with him again. Um, is a corrections officer,
1: what? and
2: I know. And I was like, like because when I meet people online, like or if I'm like scrolling through an app, if I see somebody who's like a police officer, and like, no, I don't know how many police officers you have on your in your in your viewership, but like, I I just like I I swipe uh what's the one where you say no? I swipe right on them. Is that right? I swipe whatever way no, I swipe left. <laughs> I'm still new to this. I, I I say thank you not not for me because um I'm worried about like meeting someone who's who's like um who's racist, right? So um and I know that maybe that's like a prejudice of mine, um, that I need to kind of get over but um yeah. So I was like I was talking to him and he's he's a corrections officer at a county jail in a wealthy part of Maryland. Um and I was There's like how three counties on my mind right now. <laughs> right, right. It's not the county it's not the county where you lived, but it's it is the other one. It's the other one, yeah. And
1: this means Trap County.
2: Yeah, yeah and he is, he works in, like, the pre-release area, so it's, from what he told me, it sounds like when people are about to, like, finish their time, um, they can be on work release and, like, get a job and kind of be, like, getting back on their feet to do the things that they need to, like, you know, find housing and stuff, and so that's where he works, and he said it's a lot of, like, him doing paperwork and making sure people are like showing up to their jobs and like you know now with COVID like taking COVID tests and um stuff of that nature like it's not like breaking up fights and and also I mean I don't know how much how much this matters but this person is Asian like he's not like if it was like a white pop versus like (laughs) I'd be like I don't and I'm white so um (laughs) Maybe it makes it less cringy that I'm saying this. I don't know. Um, But anyway, I was like, okay, like, you're not, like, he didn't say anything in the amount of time that I have talked to him or, like, when I saw him in person that made me think, like, this guy thinks that, like, you know, like, all people of color deserve to be in jail. And I was like, what do you think about petty drug crime? And he's like, I don't think people should be incarcerated for it. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: I feel like so many cops feel that way. They just have to do their job and it sucks. Mm-hmm. There's some there's cool cops out there. It's just the shit ass sucks that suck it up for and there and I I say this, Dee, occasionally there's a hot cop. Like occasionally you get a really hot cop. Like <laughs> you know?
2: Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I mean, I believe it. Like, um, I know that I, and I feel bad for saying like, oh, this is a profession of people that I would not date. Like I have a, a guy friend who's single and he lives in the area too. And he's like, I just don't feel like I have anything in common with lawyers. And I'm like, you're in the wrong city to be just wiping out that profession. And I'm not a lawyer either, but I've, there's so many lawyers here. Like, and you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, maybe I'm just saying all this stuff to like soften the blow of like me being a total asshole. Like,
1: I don't date cops. Like, you know, Is he good? Is he a good guy? Is he respectful?
2: Yeah, he was super respectful and and really nice and sweet and, like, interesting. Um, So, I mean, so I feel like he gets another chance. Like, um, (laughs) but I don't know. I don't know what, like, I don't know what it's supposed to be because I've been, and I don't, maybe this was not, like, part of your growing up. It certainly didn't come from, like, my mom and my dad, but... I feel like watching television and movies as, as a kid, like, you start to think, like, from Disney and fucking rom-coms that, like, a man is going to, like, win you over with some crazy, like, romantic gesture. And I don't think that that's real life, or at least it has not been real life that I have experienced.
1: Um. <laughs> oh, God, it's, there's so much to it. it. There's so freaking much to it because it's, like... Yep, like we were legit taught. There's somebody. Well, I mean Jesus, you know, Jesus is gonna come and save you. No, Mm -hmm. where where he at? Because I've seen a lot of things where Jesus (laughs) should have come to save us, you know. But you know, Cinderella, all that shit. But yeah,
2: yeah, for real, and it's like. I also don't understand, like, just the, I don't know, this is like another can of worms, but like, I don't want to say I don't understand what it is to be a woman, but like, all of these different, I don't know what wave of feminism we're in, but like, what it means to like, be a woman or, or like, female identifying now, like, you gotta have a job. Um, but you're not going to make as much money as a man. Um, but you're also supposed to have kids while you have that job and not make as much money. And like, (laughs) and you're supposed to not complain about these things. And if you don't have kids, people are going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, not like, oh, they chose not to have kids. Um, so it's very, like, it just seems like, it seems like we got a raw deal. I think, um, I mean, or we've had a raw deal the whole time, but things have just, like, um, I don't want to say gotten worse, but um, there's, like, a a dual expectation of women that doesn't really exist for men.
1: And then also, like, you know, and I mean this out of, like, just trying to get it because I've always seen myself as somebody who... Has been open minded towards anything related to gender, but it's like it, now that I am like I'm just embracing my femininity and I the very little femininity that I have, and it's like, but the gender roles are switching up again, and it's like, well, then <laughs> <fuck it. laughs> I don't fucking know. Like, you tell me what my fucking somebody tell me. I'm, you know, choose my pronoun at this point. You know, my pronoun is tired pussy. That's my fucking pronoun. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, I feel you don't. You don't consider yourself feminine? No. Really? Now, I, think I think it's the years of being in comedy, and this is. I'm not on Tinder. I I was on it for maybe twenty minutes. And deleted it I was like because I couldn't understand the logic when these guys are hitting you with like their their moves and I'm just like and I'm basically started roasting them because I was like I don't understand how you think like like this guy sent me this thing and he tried to say some shit and I was like he nagged me that was his strategy Mm -hmm. and I was like I don't understand how you think this is a very viable strategy. Like, that's what I said back to him. I was like, do you not see through your motives? Yeah. Like, you fuck good? And I was like, okay, deleting this fucking app. <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh. Yeah, that's – um. I, so I've never been on Tinder, so I don't know. But that's, like, why I didn't join Tinder. Like, I did – um. I did Bumble. I'm still, like, on Bumble, but I don't really use it. I've been using Hinge more. Um, But, like, the thing – have you been on Bumble
1: before?
0: That one, I –
1: okay, so, see, this is the problem I have, because Bumble then – because the little femininity that I have, it, like, takes – it flips the script, and I've got – very little pussies used to deal with, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So already I'm approaching a guy, and then that just flips it up, and I've, no, I've I, I have not been on Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: so I think you should try Hinge because you're not required to, like, make the first move like you are on Bumble, but that was, like, really good for me when I was first trying to, like, get out there because – I had no expectations, and I was like, this is just going to be, like, a funnel. Like, you're just going to say, not to everybody, but, like, everyone you're interested in, just say something to them. Look at their profile. Like, don't think about it that much, and just say something beyond high. And so that was, like, my test to myself. And then I, like, and, you know, like, the funnel got narrower and narrower. And then, like, if I realized that somebody could, like, have a conversation with me and, like, didn't, I didn't get a single unsolicited dick pic which I was very grateful for, like, um, no, like, you know, can hold a conversation, no unsolicited dick pic, no red flags. And, like, we would, like, go out and meet up. Like, after the first date, that was when I started being, like, oh, okay, do I have an expectation, like, of this to – I mean, some people don't have expectations for months, but it's, like, you just have to, like – that was, like, the major hurdle for me is, like, don't put any, Mm -hmm. like – don't think about it too much other than like for your own safety until you've like met this person and like realized that they're like a human being and not like, you know, someone like behind like a couple of words and a profile. So, um, so like that was my like strategy. And I still kind of feel that, feel that way. But like with hinge, it's like, you know, you both have to like, I, I, I mean, the, the algorithm algorithm is a little bit different, but like the guy can say something to you first or you can say something to him first and it just um, but it feels like a little bit more like closer to regular human interaction because you can like there's like prompts that you can fill out, but it's not a bunch of text if that makes sense. And, like, you can like somebody's picture, and then, like, if someone, if you, like, see someone who likes your picture, you can, like, invite them to, like, start chatting with you, if that makes sense. You can, like, match with them without having to say, hey, this is Christy, um, and, like, whatever, you know, like, come up with some fucking pickup line. like, it feels more like a meeting somebody I guess like over a shared interest rather than like wanna fuck like no I don't wanna fuck or like yes I do but like not you um,
1: so I'm looking for a cocksmith and you ain't
2: it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um uh, it's so funny, like yeah. And I mean they're not they're not the people you like that guy was like very, very respectful and like super you know, kind and stuff, but he, like, just, he just wanted to fuck, like, he wanted to fuck, I don't want to say all the people, but, like, more people than just me, <laughs> so, I don't know, that's a thing, too, like, I I don't know what it's like where you live, but, um, do you say where you live, I know you say which state you're in, but I don't know if you get beyond that.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm in Austin, I'm learning, okay. like, it is pretty... Still here. Um, LA was tough because it's a lot of people that are actors. Yeah, um, and that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other level. But I mean, you meet cool people in LA. But um, it, it in there, you know. I'll tell you this: my friend and I drove to Texas the first time. My car. Uh was having problems with the starter, and it was just through the twenty hour trip I think it it just we had something go down with that car but um we got to this tiny tiny town in Texas to this pilot uh gas station. And my car wouldn't start again. And I was like, I'm fucked. I don't know what to do. I'm in this tiny town. Oh. And across the street, it was like a Sunday. And it's Texas, so everything's closed down. There was like a body shop across the street. And this guy, I swear to God, it was like a porn. And I I've thought back to this moment. And I'm like, if if, if my friend was not there, I, I'm not into like hookups but I have never been so turned on ever, ever. Like, I mean, this guy, which my friend was, who was a straight man was like, we called him dreamy Jeff because he was so (laughs) fucking hot. Like he was just like, it was almost pornish. It was just like this guy in jeans and fucking down home, like hot tattoos, not too not too sick, like just a regular ass dude, rolled my car across the parking lot, across the road, jacked up my car with one arm, and I was like dripping. I was like, oh, <laughs> Cause you come from L.A. and these motherfuckers got their skinny jeans and their fucking, you know, His tattoos were like dude tattoos. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you see these people. I got this piece. You know, I got this is my art piece. And you're just like this guy. Like, clearly, like, this jack. Like, he doesn't have a Twitter. Like, he just. This is what he does. (laughs) And at the end, so he was a
2: mechanic. Yes,
1: and he. Mm -hmm. Oh, and he um at the end did not he didn't charge me. I think we slipped him, like, 20 bucks. Boom. And I swear to God, like, I just kept... I've never I fucked a guy so hard. I was just like, <laughs> oh. And that's what I mean about fate. That's fate right there, you guys. Like fate. But you can't find that shit on Tinder. What's not shit you can find on Tinder? Or a guy that can fix a fucking truck. You know? Like, you can't find... You can find that in Texas, but... Yeah, so maybe you need to hang out at, like, the local body shop.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, go to a tattoo convention.
1: That's your body shop, baby. Yeah. I I believe in fate. I believe in the universe. I know the universe is going to bring me the right person. I feel like people do align in the right places, though. Like, I feel like our friendship aligned. We were in college. I met you it was like oh this is my friend like period end of sentence you know
2: (laughs) yeah you know okay this is a total non-sequitur but do you remember when I lived in Jersey and you lived in New York and you came down to visit me and we went to the nude beach
1: (gasps) oh and that guy do you remember that guy
2: no, I don't, but I remember I wouldn't take my top off, and I felt so bad. I felt like such a pussy. I was like, what is wrong with me? I need to put my tits out, and now my tits are, like, 10 years older, and I'm like, I should have put them out.
1: <laughs> what was that called, Sandy, Sandy Hook?
2: Yes, but it was a beach, like, it's this particular beach on Sandy Hook. I think it might have been called Gunnison Beach. It was, I was like, the, getting, Hm? It was, like, at the way end of the beach. Yeah, you had to like look for it. I almost said it was Jones Beach, but that's the gay beach in New York. I don't know. If... <laughs> um, I don't know if people are, uh, as Danny DeVito says, hanging dong out there. But if they are, it's like <laughs> for, um, different different reasons. Um, but like there, no, I don't remember. I remember there being like a lot of elderly gay gentlemen at this, <laughs> at this beach. <laughs>
1: There were a lot of hanging balls. There were just drunkly-ass mm. hanging balls. <laughs> it was like a crew. There was a whole crew of, like, nudists that had, like, a flag and, like, in the middle. <laughs> and then there was – we were in – we went for a swim. I don't remember if my fits were out or not, but we were swimming. And this creepy-ass guy swam over to us and we was just like, hey, lady mm-hmm. –
2: Oh, my God. I don't remember that at all. I must have blocked it out of my memory.
1: (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, of course it would be in Jersey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Was it an old guy? No, he was like in his 40s, I would say.
2: Oh, okay. But he was creepy. Oh, well, that's, that's unfortunate. But, you know, that's the kind of in person reaction, or reactions. That's the kind of in person interaction you're looking for. That's why I feel like you gotta, Go to you gotta manager. just test fate and like just join, you know, join Hinge <laughs> or join one of these other apps. Like, I don't know. Do any of your any of your Austin friends have luck on the internet?
1: <laughs> oh, I am not worried at all. I just I have faith. I yeah. I definitely have faith. I think with Mm -hmm. Jupiter being in Pisces this year, I feel like all of us are going to find our our spiritual someone. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's going to find somebody?
2: (laughs) I (laughs) Wow. Okay, that's like a tall order for one year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, with all the shit that we've been through, I feel like the universe is going to pull through for all of us. Mm. I hope so. I feel like COVID really had us dig in. I don't know if you dug into, like, your relationship, like, patterns and stuff, but I feel like COVID had a lot of people going inward, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's why my relationship of seven years ended.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I can't do this forever. This is, like, this is not for me. (laughs) Um. But, yeah, no, it's all good. I I definitely, I think maybe I need a little bit more of inward time before I, you know, I don't know, (laughs) before I'm I'm ready for the the right person.
0: Yeah,
1: I feel like it takes time. But I feel like, I don't know, it's it's been really, really, really good just reconnecting with friends, like people like you and just being able to. Dialogue. I feel like for some reason, we, a lot of people just like isolated so long, you know? It feels Mm -hmm. so good to be able to like talk it out with people. Yeah. Yeah. I think being
2: in our own heads for however many months is not good.
1: (laughs) Three years, girl, as of next week, or no, Mm -hmm. two weeks from now. Yeah. Well girl, this is how does your first podcast feel? How does it feel to uh, uh, it feels it feels good.
2: Um Yeah, I don't I I I would do it again. Um for sure. I don't know if we if we reached our goal, like I don't know if we talked enough about perfectionism, but
1: I'm happy with, with how everything turned out, you know? so far so it's just about going where the conversation goes i saw okay. i'm still okay. learning how to interview because i'm so shy it comes across, if i can't see somebody's face i like get perfectionistic so that's where mine comes out Aww. so i just appreciate that you took the time to be a guest and um i will edit out your name <laughs> i'm sorry <about laughs> no worries you can edit out my potty break, too. <laughs> or, no,
2: I mean, you were talking, like, you were talking about what happened in the world, so don't edit that out, but.
1: <laughs> and um, usually I ask where people can find you, but. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I would can't, just... they
1: can find me on Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go find your own Bumble, mystery mystery uh, queen on Bumble, yeah. queen bee buy me a drink but don't really cuz i can buy my own drinks. Oh
2: sure. <laughs> Help me clean my apartment. That's the key to a modern romance. Um but yeah, no, i'm yeah, i'm not of the of the internet world. So, i mean i am but like i'm not uh, i'm not promoting anything other than uh my friendship with you. So. Oh, I love
1: you. <laughs> Oh, I love you, too. Thank you so much for having me, and I'd love to do it again. Yes, please, because I need to hear your voice, and I feel oh. like the world needs to hear your voice because you're fucking amazing. Oh, thank
2: you so much. All right, well, I hope you have a good night, Christy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, have a good one. Bye.